Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brains. I'm so excited about this episode. What is a quick and easy way to understand your habits? And I'm excited here to be back again with Dr. BJ Fogg, and we have a, a really awesome setup. <laughs> <laughs> very sophisticated. This is very sophisticated. <laughs> Actually, the first time I interviewed you, we were both at a conference. BJ is a behavioral scientist, and he founded a lab at Stanford University, the uh, Behavioral Design Lab. And we did previous episodes, and we recorded this. This was in very early in my, you were one of my first guests on the show, and we just did that on my phone. <laughs> bam, bam. And so, because the, the goal here is to create amazing content that's usable, that's practical, that anybody could do, and we're gonna talk about your new book. It's called Tiny Habits. Congratulations. Thank you. It hit the, uh, the New York Times, which is an amazing accomplishment. I'm very excited about this work. I think a lot of people over the years have probably asked you, where's the, where's the book? I know. Where's the book? On Twitter, it's like, when's the book coming out? That's been years. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I know, <laughs> you get I know. the same thing. I, I, yeah, we do. <laughs> and so, um, and I feature you actually in, I was showing you, this, my, this is my upcoming book coming out in a few months, Limitless. There's a whole uh, area awesome. talking about inciting your work because you, you have, this is amazing. So I'm excited about this conversation about a quick and easy way of understanding, to, understanding habits. Yeah. And then people all the time, as you're listening to this, think about a habit you either want to adopt or a habit you actually want to to mitigate and yeah. you know, reduce because yeah. I think we all have those things. And so um, so where do we start? How do you understand habits? What are habits? You know, there's Well, habits are things you do quite automatically without thinking. And so a decision is the opposite of habits. And you can map them out on a spectrum that on one end is a decision like, oh, what am I going to wear today? You know, So I was deliberate mm -hmm. about what I was wearing today. Um, whereas habits you do without thinking, such as, what briefcase am I going to take? Well, that wasn't a decision. I always use the same briefcase. So habits are things we do automatically. But there's an analogy for habits that I talk about a little bit in this book, um, but not overly done. But I think it's the fastest, quickest way to you know, really understand how, what habits are and how they work. And it's to think of habits as plants. And think of your collection of habits as like a garden that you have. And so each flower, tree, shrub is a different habit, and they're in different locations in your garden, just like habits are in different locations of your routine or your life. You can not do anything to the garden and just let whatever grow, like bad habits, mm -hmm. or you can deliberately design what you want, which is what I'm advocating in Tiny Habits, and elsewhere you can design for it. Now, is there, in this metaphor, are there ways of nourishing a habit. Let me give two specific mm -hmm. tiny habit recipes sure. that work for that that I know from research and there's I'm sure there's more and then we'll map it back to the garden analogy. Um, so for reading, you know, say you want to read more. Yes. That's an abstract thing. You've got to make it specific and super super tiny. 
Okay. So in one case, it could be all you're doing is just opening the book. Okay. So the habit is just open the book to where you left off. And then you, f that's really tiny. It's about as tiny as you can get. <laughs> Pretty much. And then you find where does it fit naturally? Does it fit after you sit down on the subway on your commute to work? Does it fit after you start the coffee maker in the morning? Okay. So you're finding where's the placement? So that's really important. Make it tiny, find where it fits well. After I sit down on the subway, then, then I open, open my book. book. So that's the recipe. If it's a coffee maker, it's like after I start my coffee maker, then I open my book. Mm. Now, so that's super tiny. And because it's so tiny, it's not hard to sustain. Okay, so that's the hack in tiny habits is you make it so small that you don't require lots of motivation to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, you can always do more than open the book, and hopefully most of the time you will. And in the tiny habits method, you always do the tiny version. You can do more if you want, but if you do more, like read a paragraph or a few pages or a chapter, that's extra credit. So in your mind, right. you're thinking of it as extra credit, and in the future, you do not raise the bar. You don't think, oh, now I'm up to a chapter a day. No, it's always the tiniest thing. Now, that said, for your listeners, for quick brains, right. it's going to be underwhelming to open the book. <laughs> so pick the tiniest thing that has meaning. So it might be a paragraph or it might be a sentence. Okay, but I really just opening Keep the it. book actually worked. The, uh, the, the other approach that has worked, um, I haven't done this because I don't drive in a commute, but people who commute is after I click my seatbelt, I will turn on the audiobook player. Got it. So it's so tiny, you just turn it on. But you know where it fits. After I click my seatbelt, you turn on the audiobook player. Mm -hmm. and in fact, there's a story in the book about a woman named Brittany. You might have met Brittany mm -hmm. before, Linda's daughter, where she was getting through eight books a month. Here, I, I, I reel it back in and say <laughs> at least five, because eight sounds like I'm exaggerating. Right. That's what she told me. So I reel it back and I say at least five by doing that. And so rather than having the book stack up on her, nightstand by her bed, which caused her a lot of stress because they just stacked up. Yeah. She found this way with Tiny Habits to start not reading, but listening to books and so on. So in each case, it's you make it really tiny, find where it fits, just like you would in a successful garden. Now you wire it in. So this is where I think your previous question was. What causes it to wire in? What causes the roots to grow? Mm -hmm. And in Tiny Habits, there's a hack for that. And it's called celebration. And what you do is you fire off a positive emotion. You cause yourself to feel a positive emotion. And that's what makes the, your brain remember and want to do it again. Yeah. You're hacking your brain through this thing called celebration. And in the appendix here, I give 100 different options. And I give some exercises so people can find the celebration that works for them. So it's anything that you can do in the moment that will cause you to feel a positive emotion. And the way that works, uh, the way, what's going on is the emotion causes the dopamine to regulate in a different way. Mm -hmm. So your brain takes note, and it has to do with the myelin sheathing of the neurons or whatever that makes it the makes that pathway more reliable. Um, so you're using this technique called celebration to hack mm -hmm. your emotion, which then hacks your brain and wires in the habit, which is a whole different way of looking at habits than repetition creates habits because that's not. What what creates habits, it's emotions. Yeah, a lot of our students who are listening around the world, they, we talk about adding emotion into memory, that, mm. that information by itself is very forgettable, but information tied to an emotion becomes a lot more memorable. Yeah. And even if people think about things that they are triggered by, uh, 
a song that could take them back to when they were in high school yeah. or a, a yeah. fragrance or a food that they would automatically be transported as a as a child and bring back all these all these memories but you know our students know that that all learning is state dependent in general and that if people are you know associate to reading boredom or they use it to fall asleep those aren't great emotional yeah. states yeah. to to um, to be associated with the an act that you want to have more of yeah. you know and I and I'd be interested in your experience on this as I teach tiny habits and I've taught mm -hmm. 40,000 people personally a certain percent resist the the celebration piece the emotion piece they want to be it's like not for them and I'll stereotype right. engineers and people from the UK <laughs> are like nope not for me it's like well guess what then you're not getting the full benefit of the method you're mm -hmm. not do you have people in quick brains are like, yeah, yeah, that emotion stuff, I don't want to go there. Do you find resistors? We have, um, I mean, certainly some people are, they have some kind of a, a belief or filter around that, even at seminars, that if they don't want to go to a seminar that people are jumping on chairs and, and uh, rubbing each other's backs and yeah. listening to, to loud music. But it's not, I feel like, obviously, it helps enhance an experience if people are, are more more up to it. That, that, that's interesting. So what you're saying is, let's say we want, le people know leaders are readers. They're going out and they're, they're, uh, they're ordering your book mm -hmm. and they're really good at ordering and putting things into Amazon, that cart, you know, or going to a Barnes and Noble and coming out with books. But really what they're doing is, when we're thinking about this, this seed analogy as like yeah. a plant, what we're doing is you have the book and then you're setting the, the, a great environment, either you're commuting to work or you're sitting down with a cup of coffee and you just open up the book yeah. and you're setting it where you making it so small requires very so little easy. a small simple step that requires very little energy or effort yeah and yeah. and if you find the right spot the habit just feels like natural it's like why didn't I do this before you and then know? so this takes away the question that people have is how many how long does it take to form exactly. a habit because it's not about frequency or duration it's about more intensity yeah it's the intensity of the emotion so if, if it's intense emotion that your brain associates it's with the behavior so it has to be within you know it can't be 30 days later it's like right. as you're the doing moment. the behavior immediately after that's what your brain has to associate that positive feeling with this thing that you want to become a habit the problem with the repetition idea, which is widely circulated in bloggers and headlines and things 21 like that. 21 days, 30 days, 66, 66 days. days. Yeah. You look at the research people are citing, the, the most common citation does not show that it creates habits. It correlates with habit sure. formation, um, but it, there's no evidence that it causes it in that paper. So people are confusing causation with correlation, which is a common thing. And the problem from an everyday person perspective is if you think that it's 21 days or 66 days, that you can, if you just endure something for 21 days, or that it'll magically form, right. then your whole look at how behavior change works is one of suffering and endurance, where, first of all, it doesn't wire in because of repetition, and second, you don't have to suffer and endure to create habits. Yeah. You can do it in this uplifting, positive way, and that's a major theme in the book, is you change best by feeling good, not by feeling bad. And if somebody's feeling like, oh, I gotta, and in order to create a reading habit, I'm gonna have to suffer for 21 days or 66 days, that. they procrastinate and maybe never get to it. Right. So it's not just conceptually wrong, it has real world implications to believe that repetition creates habits. 
Whereas emotions, then you do it through positive emotions. And that, that takes us to uh, this conversation where people think that changing their habits is hard. You yeah. know, it, it is something that you have yeah. to struggle or suffer with. Some, some habits are, some habits aren't, you know. Um, you know, s certainly you could have a habit of going to the gym and you could easily uproot that habit if, if you wanted to, for example. And then there are some habits, and I address this in the book, some, you know, addiction's a hard word to define. Sure. And if there is a life-threatening or very serious, you know, bad habit or addiction, go get professional help. There's, don't rely on any book. Uh, but as you come to things like snacking or maybe yelling at your kids or negative thoughts or things like that, sure, you can use tiny habits to change those behaviors easier than most people think. Forming habits, really easy. Untangling bad habits is a little bit harder, but it's still doable. And notice I don't say break bad habits, it's untangle. Untangle. And there's a process, and I explain that here, the process. In fact, can I get geeky for yeah, a minute? Yeah, let's do it, let's do that. <gasps> Jan, this is one of the things I'm proudest of in the book, but they would not let me put it in the text, my editors, because it was too technical. So there's a three-phase mm -hmm. flowchart, page-by-page master plan. <laughs> this is what you do. So if you have a persistent bad habit, phase one, you focus on creating new habits. You don't worry about... And these could be habits, because you actually, you mentioned something, so it's not just external habits where you're opening up a book or going to the gym. It could be habits of thought yeah. or habits of emotion where yeah. you're, you're, you have a temper yeah. and you just it have really this association. Yeah. And Same formula. Yeah, and exactly. It's just, it all comes down to motivation, ability, prompt, my behavior model, right? And so here, you can see right here in the flow chart, motivation, ability, prompt, you flow through it. If phase one doesn't untangle, say, the negative thoughts mm -hmm. or the saying critical things to your spouse or what have you, you go to phase two where you then focus on stopping the behavior, motivation, ability, prompt. If that still doesn't do what you need, then you go to phase three is where you swap. So, so often people say the only way to stop a behavior is swap it. That's not true. Uh, in my plan here, swapping comes in, but only at the end if nothing else has worked. So, so you're saying there's a belief out there that if you want to stop a habit, you have to replace it with something else. That's Does widely that a headline Interesting. in many things. And that's not, I mean, there's things we can simply just stop doing. Right. right? What do you recommend right now for people? Because we're going to continue this conversation and, and, and yeah. we're going to do another episode. Where, where do you recommend people start? Based on this conversation here, what's one thing they could do outside of yeah. getting the book? Go to, there's a free five-day program, the one I've offered since 2011. Okay. Go sign up for that. It's free. Uh, and it gives you an appetizer to this and it works. Um, and certainly the book is, I mean, it's, so much of my work pulled together finally in one place. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the, the, the book's a great way to go. Uh, there's some other videos, but those are probably the steps. If you don't want to spend anything, just go sign a five-day program, yay, and you'll learn from that. And then if you do want to uh, buy the book, buy the book. Um, and you know, it's, I'm, I'm just really happy it's pulled together and I'm just getting such good feedback from people who did Tiny Habits like years ago. There's people right. who did it in 2012 and 13. They're like, I just saw your book and oh, by the way, I didn't tell you, but your work transformed my life. We, we even have, it's come up on past episodes, even um, Ramit Sethi, he came on <laughs> to talk about financial uh, yeah. you know, uh, learning yeah. and such and he's always referencing your, your work also as well. Yeah, yeah Ramit's awesome. So, 
So I, you know, and I think the takeaway, mm -hmm. you know, besides doing tiny habits and the book and so on, let's do those things. Is guess what? You can change your habits easier than you think. And now there's a process that's a system. You don't have to guess at any point. I mean, right. I'm, I'm big on systems. So there's a systematic way, step by step, that's really reliable and it's. And it's fun. I mean, I mean, at least I think it's fun. And other people say it, it's at least pleasant. It's uplifting. For it's, sure. It's not like beating yourself up. It's the opposite of that. I love that. I challenge everybody right now to take a screenshot of this episode, whether it's a cool. video or it's you're listening to it on audio, uh, and tag us both on this on social media um, at Jim Quick K W I K. And uh, and you're you're on Instagram. Finally, and, uh, finally, finally, finally. Even though my student was the co-founder. Right. And I started in 2010, I stopped because it's like, I'm a private person. Mm. But now I'm getting back on board. Good. And uh, so, <laughs> so tag us both there. We'll have all the links always at jimquake.com forward slash notes. And what do you want people to share when they post? Maybe they're like an aha they had it from this conversation or maybe a tiny yeah, habit they want to. I, I think, you know, this book is an, in some ways an intervention to help people feel good mm -hmm. and learn to feel good and use those feelings to change. So anything about your positive emotions mm -hmm. or how it's affected you yeah. to feel good rather than bad. And we need that now more than ever. More anymore. of those stories. Um, as always, I'll repost some of my favorites, so make sure you tag us both in there. And uh, BJ, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916-822-7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. 
I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think.